My Seven Chakras, episode 26. Wherever you go, there you are. And why this quote is so important to me, because I feel like so often, especially with entrepreneurs, we're always running and hiding from ourselves. So we look to everyone else and everything else outside of us to explain why things aren't exactly as we want them to be. And so it's just a good reminder that um, whatever comes up in your life, it might be something unexpected. That's okay. But whoever you are is going to be right there. The seven chakras, swirling vortices of energy, positioned throughout our body from the base of the spine to the crown of the head. For thousands of years, this ancient wisdom has been passed on from master to disciple. What are the functions of these energy centers? And could these chakras help you unlock your destiny and find your true purpose? Welcome to My Seven Chakras, and now... Your host, Aditya Jai Kumar. What's up, listeners? AJ here, and you are listening to My 7 Chakras, a show where you get to listen to insights, advice, and tips on how to improve the quality of your life. And today, I am excited to bring you our featured guest, Julie Zuzak. Julie, are you ready to inspire? Absolutely. Awesome. Julie Zuzak is highly experienced both in business and in yoga. As the founder of The Corporate Yogi, she helps entrepreneurs use spiritual principles to build a healthy mindset and grow their business. So Julie, I've given our listeners a mini introduction. So why don't you take about one minute to tell us more about yourself. Sure. Thank you, AJ. Um, well, the simple answer to understanding more about me is I like to fuse business with spirituality. And that's something that people don't often expect. But I believe that we have a really unique opportunity right now to raise consciousness on the planet by really building purpose driven businesses. And uh, this is so important right now when we're in a crisis of disconnection. And for me, purpose driven businesses are um, essentially organic and with a soul. You know, they expand, they contract, and they're connected to a larger ecosystem. They have an intelligence of their own. And I really think that it's a great opportunity to grow. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that crisp introduction. Now, Julie, I'm sure you know the impact that a word or a collection of words have on a person's life. Words can bond people when they say, I do. They can inspire someone when they hear the words, never give up. Or they can make an impact on a person and make the person introspect when this person hears the fault, dear Brutus, lies not in our stars, but in ourselves. So in order to lay the foundations of today's wonderful conversation that we're going to have, we will begin the show with an inspirational quote. So Julie, what is your favorite inspirational quote and give us an example of how you use this quote to your everyday life? Mm, well, my quote is, wherever you go, there you are. And why this quote is so important to me, because I feel like so often, especially with entrepreneurs, we're always running and hiding from ourselves. So we look to everyone else and everything else outside of us to explain why things aren't exactly as we want them to be. And so it's just a good reminder that um, whatever comes up in your life, it might be something unexpected. That's okay. But whoever you are is going to be right there. I 
talk about this as the natural law of expansion, which states that we are always constantly growing. We're always constantly learning and difficult people and challenging situations are going to be put into our path. But this is a great opportunity for us to learn, to grow. And so whatever you have come up, this is a great opportunity for you to take and as a learning experience, as a teachable moment in life Mm. and move forward from that. Well, thanks for sharing that profound thought with us. Wherever you go, there you are. And I really agree that everyone, including entrepreneurs, are looking for that perfection, looking for the perfect product, that perfect service. And in that process, sometimes there's a lot of stress that builds up in terms of expectations. So this quote hopefully will clear out a lot of the air uh, for not only entrepreneurs, but also people who want to establish their career going forward. So thank you for that. You're welcome, AJ. So Julie, do you like participating or conducting workshops or retreats? I do, actually. Yep, I do. Um actually run a lot of uh, retreats for entrepreneurs. And I also do a lot of workshops here in the city in Toronto. Awesome. So let's let's just say you are at a health retreat somewhere among the mountains and someone asks you, Julie, what is the main focus at this point in your life? What would you tell them? Ah, so I like to teach entrepreneurs how to use their spirituality and personal development to grow their business. You know, I know there's a lot of people who are coaches out there, but I do coaching in a little bit of a different way. I like to take a very holistic approach and I help people on different levels. So I help them on the strategy level. So sort of the business tactics, strategies, and then I help them on a spiritual level. So understanding who they are and how they have to grow. And then I also help them on a mindset level. And this is where I really get to use my coaching skills because quite often when people are feeling stuck or they're feeling blocked, it's their mindset that is standing in the way of their success. I love that you break your approach into three parts. One is sort of the strategic level, then you have the more tactical approach. And then, and the most important, in my opinion, is the mindset, because you might have all the strategy and you have the tools required to execute uh, those tactical approaches. But if your mindset deep within is not strong enough, then you might not make it to the last mile. So thank you for that. You're welcome. You know, and sometimes I always say that, Um, Your mindset is your subconscious blueprint to your success. You know, sometimes we we might write a business plan or we have specific uh, steps or goals that we want to accomplish. But if you don't have the proper mindset underneath, it's kind of like an operating system that's running in the background. If you don't believe that you can be successful, if you don't believe that you are powerful, then your beliefs will override any opportunities that come your way. True. So Julie, let's move on to a topic that is integral to our show, which are the chakras. Since you've studied and practiced yoga extensively, you might be able to relate. So for those listening, chakras are energy centers within the body that correspond to major nerve ganglia and bodily processes such as breathing, digestion and procreation. We have seven main chakras and while they don't exist within the physical body, they have a significant effect on our health. So Julie, could you tell us a little bit about the significance of chakras in your practice? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So I'm going to use two different examples. First, I'm going to talk from 
from the perspective of being a yoga teacher and why chakras are so significant for us when we're doing uh, our yoga practice or our physical asanas is that quite often we have in the body energy blockages or stagnant energy that gets trapped in the body. And when we have that, that's what can cause us to injure ourselves. It can cause disease in the body. And so uh, it's really significant when you're doing your yoga postures to release those blockages of energy. So one example that we often use is when we do a posture where you're doing a very deep backward bend you tend to be opening up your heart chakra. And so quite often people can come out of a posture and feel very overwhelmed. And, you know, this can result in people having a little bit of a cry on the mat, which is perfectly normal, but we're stirring up emotions and releasing them. So that's the yoga perspective. From a coaching perspective, quite often people get stuck in their beliefs and they get uh, stagnant energy either in their heart or in their throat chakra. So, for example, if I have a client telling me that, you know, they're really scared to do something, quite often they'll take their hands and cover over their heart or they'll take a hand and place it up to their throat. And I know that there's something there energetically blocking them from moving forward. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned energy blockages Mm -hmm. and the fact that energy is trapped sometimes at various parts of our body, various energy centers. And unless we know what these energies are or what are they correlated to, we won't be able to release those energies Mm -hmm. by actually performing those yoga poses. And I really like how you use the concept of chakras and the knowledge of yoga into business as well, because I completely agree. It's so true that stress sometimes is not just mental, but the fact that a person has stress is reflected in certain body language that a person might portray in the form of holding the heart or maybe uh, pressing the forehead or maybe uh, holding the throat as well. So I completely agree. Thanks for sharing. Mm-hmm. Now, I know that you've received training in both Bikram Yoga and Hatha Yoga. Mm -hmm. So, what is Bikram Yoga and how is it different from other forms of yoga? Mm -hmm. So, Bikram's style of yoga is actually a set sequence of 26 postures and two breathing exercises. And it's performed in a heated room. So we have the room up to about 40 degrees, 41 degrees or 105, depends, you know, how you calculate temperature. And so the body is, you know, in in yoga, we actually build up heat from the inside out. But this is accelerating the benefits because you're also gaining heat from the outside in. So the body accelerates and starts to sweat and detoxify in in a faster sense. And so every time that you go to a class, you're going to do the exact same sequence of 26 postures and two breathing exercises. And it's kind of what we, you know, there's a very large spectrum of different styles of yoga that you can take. And when I, I always like to meet someone new and they say, oh, I want to try yoga. And I get to know them and kind of prescribe a different style of yoga based on what their personality is and what they're trying to achieve from yoga. So I often use Bikram yoga as the type of yoga I give to people who are very A-type personality who wants something that's going to really give them a physical challenge and really give them a good sweat. That's a really good fit for them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like that you mentioned that Bikram yoga is unique because normally in yoga you do b- build up heat from inside, but the fact that the room itself is hot, so you're getting heat from both uh, sides, literally. And I've tried it. So listeners, if you want to try it, I would strongly recommend that you try it at least once. It does get sweaty, but then, then you come to know whether it's your style or whether, you know, uh, some other form of yoga suits you better. 
Mm-hmm. So based on what you shared, and I know you suggested this a little bit a while back, how does one go about actually selecting which yoga form would suit them the best? Because I've heard of Bikram yoga, there's Hatha yoga, there's Ashtangana yoga, and there's Yin yoga as well. So it can be a bit overwhelming for somebody who's getting into yoga for the very first time, right? Yes. Oh, good question. So there are really uh, such a wide variety of different styles of yoga that you can take. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to suggest that people either talk to a yoga teacher that they know or someone that practices. They can give them some advice, but you can always go to your good old friend Google and um, <laughs> have a search and that will give you some good advice. You know, when we talk about the spectrum, I would really put Bikram yoga, Ashtanga yoga, which is also a series-based yoga, really at that far end of getting a good physical workout. Whereas if we go to the other end of the spectrum, I would put yin yoga there, which is a very calm and restorative based practice where you it is usually very mat based you don't do a lot of standing postures and so you might go into a specific intense posture but hold that for anywhere up to 10 minutes in that specific posture so if someone is very much in their head they're very a type and they don't you know, they haven't really brought meditation into their world and they're not comfortable with it, that can be very agitating to them to be able to to have to sit there for such a long period of time. So really look at that wide spectrum of different styles and find something that's really going to fit where you are. And then within that, I would say also find a teacher that you can really trust and feel comfortable with because that makes all the difference in the world. Well, thanks a lot for sharing. Just to add that if somebody is considering to do yoga with for the very first time, once you identify which studio you would like to visit and you complete that session, maybe a half an hour, one hour or one and a half hour session, remember that yoga is not just about the poses or the asanas. A lot of uh, teachers, they stay after the you know session, maybe for 10 to 15 minutes. So it's a good idea to just go up to them and ask them a few questions about their experiences with yoga. And that will allow you to really integrate into the community and become a part of the yogic lifestyle, not only mental, but also physical, as well as uh, expanding spiritually as well. Mm-hmm. So thanks for sharing. Now, you're the founder of the corporate Yogi, where you help entrepreneurs use spiritual principles to build a healthy mindset and grow their business. So what were you doing before this? Oh, okay. So before I became an entrepreneur, I worked in corporate for about 15 years. So I was working in marketing and communications. Mm for high growth technology companies. And my I was based in Vancouver actually to start and then I moved uh, with my last company to London, England. So I did everything in that wide spectrum from helping companies to develop a brand, build out a website, build out marketing materials to running events and online campaigns and developing new products. So I did a, a similar type job for a bunch of different companies and I did that for about 15 years. Wow, it seems like a very interesting career uh, that was those 15 years. Mm -hmm. And it sort of reminds me of this quote, which states, when it's obvious that the goals cannot be reached, don't adjust the goals, just adjust the action steps. And it seems like you not only had a goal at that point of maybe starting a business, but you had a robust action plan to get where you are today, beautifully integrating your uh, passion for spirituality and your dream of starting a business as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, it was actually, you know, I'll be honest, there's, 
I always love hearing entrepreneurs being interviewed and they have just deep down in their being in every cell of their body, they knew they were an entrepreneur from a very young age. And that absolutely wasn't the case with me. I didn't have a lemonade stand when I was a kid. I didn't have a paper route. Uh, becoming an entrepreneur for me was really a calling. It was something that just following my passion, which was which started with going to my first yoga teacher training, was what uh, led me on a path to becoming an entrepreneur, to be honest. Wow, we definitely love to hear that story of your calling, which is going to come soon. Uh, so for now, let's assume that a person listening to the show right now has decided to get trained in Bikram Yoga. What are certain benefits that this person could obtain from getting coaching or training in this area? Now, if you could break down these benefits into short term, that is immediate benefits, and then the long term benefits as well. Mm-hmm. Becoming a teacher is actually a a very, very sacred calling. And For many people, they don't understand that there's a deeper level of growth and transformation that's going to happen because you go from a place of being a student and having a passion to going to step up on the stage. And it's a theme for a lot of people that being seen and being heard is something that we're deeply all craving at, you know, in our heart. And so becoming a teacher and being able to have students that you can help and serve is such an important part of your life. And so, um, you know, Bikram obviously has a teacher training program that he does uh, in California, but there's many other different styles of teacher training programs that you can do. Mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned that getting the teacher training allows you to convert your passion that you initially had to something much larger than yourself. And you said to step up on the stage which I understand as not just physically, but also metaphorically stepping up on the stage of your destiny. And you also mentioned, uh, sort of hinted towards vulnerability, because I'm assuming that when you embark on this journey of becoming that teacher, where a lot of people might be looking up to you, you might not be perfect, at least at the very beginning. Am I correct? Oh my gosh, yeah, that's such a good point. I I mean, I think you not only on a, an emotional level of having to be at that front of the room where people are looking to you to be the expert, uh, but it's also a vulnerability on a physical sense because people are not just looking to you and hearing your words, but they're actually looking at your body because quite often we physically demonstrate postures. And so that brings out all those saboteurs, right? All those voices in our head of, you know, you might not be perfect enough. And what if people are judging your body and you don't have the perfect body of a yoga teacher? And so there's a lot of growth that has to happen around that. And the one piece of advice that I always give to people when they are going through training and about to teach their first class is that all you need to do is focus on loving your students and giving to them. Don't think about, you know, pronouncing the yoga postures in the perfect Sanskrit pronunciation. And don't worry about, you know, if you are creating and sequencing your cl- your class, don't worry about making it complicated or perfect. Just focus on loving your students and making them feel safe. And that will make you the best teacher. That is some awesome advice and I've heard a similar advice but in the public speaking space because a lot of times when people go on the stage they're a bit stressed out and nervous Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day if you think if you have in mind the fact that the audience wants you to deliver the information as much as you want to go on stage and if you have that intention with the audience in mind what will the audience have as a takeaway then most public speakers do much well so thanks a lot for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Now, Julie, I know that we've discussed some 
great benefits of getting into a yogic practice but i feel there's nothing more inspiring than stories of people who use this practice to heal their life and to grow so what is your biggest and most inspiring client or student success story till date that could also be from your current business because uh, since you mentioned that you use these holistic practices and these spiritual principles to help entrepreneurs mm-hmm. well i would say you know it's it's pretty rare that we actually go through a yoga class where someone doesn't have some sort of personal energy shift. So I, I feel like that's quite common. Sometimes it's quite noticeable with people and sometimes it isn't. But the example that I want to share is actually something that came up through my work as a coach. Is that all right? Can I share that story? Of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was it happened a little while ago and it was with one of my clients who came to me. He was at a point in his career where he was feeling kind of stagnant and he wasn't sure what that next career step would be for him. Was it within his own organization or he also had this calling to maybe become an entrepreneur and start his own business. So we started working together for that specific goal to figure that out. But really quickly into our work together, uh, it was our second session, he actually um, presenced or started to talk about something that was a really big challenge in his personal confidence, which was that he had a speech stammer. And so he would stutter some of his words and that really helped him or that really prevented him from uh, being confident in his current role, but also in pursuing any future endeavors. So we started to do some really deep work about that. I really acknowledged his courageous heart to bring that forward and admit that. But we did a little bit of work going into his history to understand when was that first time that he started because it didn't start until he was about six. And so when we have something like that, that um, manifests itself in the physical body, you have to do the work to dig through to figure out what is causing it, right? It's like you can't go to your backyard and just cut off all the heads of the dandelions or the weeds. You have to get the roots out or else they're just going to grow back. And so we did a lot of work understanding where it came from and then helped to shift him to be more confident. And I wouldn't say it's gone, but his stammer is significantly reduced. And he's also developed the ability to be able to befriend it, right? So when he's meeting someone new, he often discusses it and tells them about it and and presences it and brings the truthfulness to it. And that helps to make him feel more comfortable. Wonderful. It seems like this person was at an inflection point. And I'm sure every person who is in a career right now, or maybe in a business, at some point in life, comes to this crossroads where he or she needs to make this decision. And if he or she does not make that decision, they feel stagnant, right? And this is the same symptoms that this person is going through. In in such situations, I think it's not that obvious, right? The problem is not obvious. And uh, it's uh, you went through certain exercises, you asked him certain questions to identify that root cause or that bottleneck, which in his case was the speech stammer, right? Mm-hmm. So my question is, once you go through this particular exercise, how how did he respond? Was, was it an immediate acceptance in terms of yes this is my problem or was it like this might be my problem but then I'm not really sure whether I would like to admit it no he was you know as a coach we we can't have an agenda for our clients so we can't sit down and say we're not consultants we don't tell people what to do and say you need to do this this and this to you know grow your business we have to 
coach what our clients bring to the table. And so he was able to bring this in our second session, which I think was incredibly courageous. But I think at a really deep level, it was something that he knew he wanted to address for a very long time. Wonderful. So he knew that he wanted to address this issue from a very long time. And then you came in the picture and sort of facilitated that that transition or that change. Yeah, because quite often we have surface level things that we want to address. But really, there's, you know, quite often once you start digging around, there's something really deeper that's going on. And, you know, with coaching, it's always something at the belief level. It's something at, you know, either stories that we're telling ourselves or things that are holding us back. And so you need to, you need to really dig around and get to that deeper level of what is causing that. Mm-hmm. Now, Julie, at this stage of our show, I usually ask our guests for one health tip, something simple and small that a person can immediately try to improve his or her health. So what is it one highly beneficial health advice or tip that you could share with our listeners? Mm. Well, I want to share a daily practice that I've incorporated into my life months ago, and all my clients are doing it as well, and they've seen major shift in their life. And that is, it's so simple, it's to start a gratitude journal. And But what when I want people to do it, I want them to do it in a different way, which is I want you to practice it in the morning and in the evening. And I want you to keep a very simple book, and you can either do one page a day Or you can just set five minutes as an alarm on your phone and just do a big brain dump of all the things that you are grateful for. And don't let it get into the place where you're journaling and, well, you know, I'm grateful because this happened and it was really nice. And don't get off track. You just keep listing things like bullet points. You know, I'm grateful for this and I'm grateful for that. And just keep going. And it's important to bookend your day this way because quite often, you know, we start the day and we're in this frantic energy of, oh my gosh, I have all these things that I have to fit into today. And then at the end of the day, we are in um, more of a wrapping up energy and we take stock quite often of the things that didn't get done and we beat ourselves up a bit. And so when you do that gratitude to bookend and close out your day, it reminds you of all the amazing things that happen throughout the day that you might not have even have in your consciousness. So that's really, really important tool for people. Thanks a lot for sharing that amazing tip. I think it's really powerful as well. And a lot of people that I meet uh, say that even if I maintain a gratitude journal, sometimes in the evening, I can't come up with something that I'm grateful for. And and that's perfectly fine because uh, like you mentioned earlier, we are always looking for that big thing that we would consider an achievement or a success. But in this case, I would consider it as a brainstorming session, a brainstorming of things that you're grateful for. And you can just start with anything. And as you mentioned just keep going and before you know it, you'll notice the changes and you will feel grateful. So thanks for that. Mm-hmm. So Napoleon Hill once said that every adversity, every failure, every heartache carries with it the seed of a greater or equal benefit. And this is going to be the central theme for the next phase of our show, which is all about a major challenge or a learning moment. So Julie, tell us about a time when you were faced by a major challenge. Take us to that moment and tell us what you were feeling at that instant. And then how did you approach that particular challenge? Mm -hmm. Well, I wanted to share a personal story, but I think it's something that can easily be applied to business as well. And it's a specific relationship that I was in. And it was a relationship after about 10 years that no longer served me. 
um, I was in a place where I was starting to feel very stuck and very trapped and really out of balance. And I wanted to move on, but the challenge was, you know, you when you're in a relationship with someone, you make that commitment to be with them forever. And the other complexity was, you know, we had a financial commitment together and we actually um, co-owned our, our house together. So it was a really, really challenging place. And I felt like I was trapped. And so for me, the learning in this, in this specific instance was to take that step forward and move on. So looking back now, what is that one major life lesson you would want our listeners to take away from your story? Mm-hmm. Well, I think the most important thing for me is to look at growth and understand that the way that you grow might not be this at the same pace as someone else. And your growth and your priorities are your responsibility. You can never look to someone else to make you happy. Well, thanks a lot for sharing your story with us. I know that even thinking about a barrier you faced and going back to that very moment can be challenging. But because you did, our listeners have proof that a challenge is only temporary. And with that, we are now moving on to the next portion of our show, which is all about finding your true calling or purpose. Because in life, the darkest hour of the night comes just before dawn. The dawn of finding your true calling. So my question to you, Julie, have you found your calling? If yes, what is your calling? Oh, of course I've found my calling because I love what I do. Uh, my calling is to really teach people how to fuse their spirituality with their business. And that personal development and personal growth isn't just a side effect of what happens when you are an entrepreneur. It is what happens as an entrepreneur. So if you can really be conscious about seeing these opportunities to grow through your business and lean into those things that really scare you, that is what you can do to grow your business. So based on what we discussed, life is about cherishing those magical moments where, like you mentioned, you lean on and you just move ahead. And at that point, destiny comes knocking at your door in the form of maybe a promotion, a new product launch, or that one decision that you make that can change your life. So what is that one moment that you can share with our listeners beyond which you knew without a doubt that this is what you were meant to do? Mm, So I'm going to take you back to the first teacher training that I did. And this was a general Hatha certification that I did while I was living in England. And I was feeling, feeling at that point a little bit stagnant with my job. I wasn't so challenged. And, you know, as, as often many people do advise, follow your heart and do something that you are passionate about. And so that led me to take my teacher training, which was um, a year, year-long program. And we all had an assignment to do, which was to take yoga and apply it to a certain area of our lives. So some people uh, took that and did yoga for specific you know, um, repetitive strain injury, or one of the other girls had a brother who was deaf. So she took an applied yoga to how do you teach someone who can't hear, who's hearing impaired. And so I obviously being in corporate, I said, well, I'm going to teach, um, figure out how to teach yoga and incorporate into the workplace. And as I went through this uh, assignment, doing my research, I realized all of the books were teaching the physical asana. So this is how you do a spine twist in your chair. This is how, you know, you do yoga at your desk, but no one was addressing the other seven limbs of yoga, you know, and this is about meditation and it's about truth telling and it's about ahimsa, nonviolence. So when I presented my project and I 
talked about how we apply all the different areas of yoga to the workplace and surrendering the ego, which is such a big challenge in the corporate world. The entire room was just completely engaged. And my teacher told me that she had never heard anyone apply yoga like that to the workplace. And it was in that moment that I knew, oh, I'm on to something. Wonderful. That is an inspiring story indeed. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you're feeling stagnant. You just took the training that was one year long. And then you not only learned yoga, but you applied it to a part of your life that you felt really passionate about. And you use yoga to address the challenges in the workplace, something that was not done before. So that's awesome. There you go, listeners. For those of you who are wondering how yoga will help you in your career or your business, Julie's story is proof that a change is possible. No matter what area it is, maybe your business, your career, your relationships, yoga will help you in every aspect of your life. So thanks. All right, Julie, like everything comes to an end, we have now reached the final round, which is called the wisdom round, where I will ask you a series of questions and you will respond with nuggets of wisdom, just like in a rapid fire round. The results of this round are loads of actionable insights for our listeners to get inspired and take action right away. So Julie, are you ready? I am ready. Awesome. What is the best advice that you have ever received? Uh, The best advice that I received was going back to the story I told you earlier where I really felt stuck in that relationship. It was when someone said to me, it's just money. You're young. You can always make more, but you can never put a price on your freedom. And it was when she told me that, that I realized that I could just move on and my whole life was in front of me, but I couldn't get stuck. Like the, the thoughts of leaving all this money behind me was um, causing me to be trapped. So yeah, you never put a price on your freedom. Now we know that great habits can change your life. So if you had to recommend a personal habit that contributes to your well-being, what would it be? Well, I'm going to have to say it's a tie between meditation and the physical asana practice of yoga. Wonderful. Thanks. Uh, Julie, describe the first two hours of your day. What is your morning ritual like? Mm -hmm. So I always start with a good big old green smoothie and then I go to my gratitude journal. I always have uh, my physical practice of yoga. So I like to actually practice at a local studio. I don't do a home practice. And then when I come back and my body is nice and limber and I've had a shower, then I sit down and do my meditation and do kind of like at the end of my meditation, I do like a visualization for the day of what it is that, you know, I want to feel and really like step into that tone of the day for my physical body. Now, you mentioned that you normally do yoga at a studio. You go to the studio and perform, you know, perform your asanas over there. Is that correct? That's right. Yeah. So for people who are embarking into a yogic practice for the very first time, and the fact that there are a lot of uh, yoga websites coming on where they offer videos and you know in, insights and advice on yoga that you can do at home. What advice do you have for people getting into yoga? Mm, oh, that's a good question. Well, there's like you said, there is a, a ton of resources online. 
Um, there's tons of YouTube videos. The Yoga Journal is an amazing resource to go online and check out. And I, you know, kind of like we talked about before, there is a really wide variety. So nothing breaks my heart more than hearing someone say, oh, I did yoga. I didn't like it. It's not for me. If the first thing that you try doesn't really feel like it's a good fit, keep trying. Keep trying different styles. Try different videos. Try different teachers until you find something that is the right fit for you. Would you then prefer the social aspect of yoga or would you say that it can be done, you know, at home as well? Now, this is for the beginners. Yeah, well, they can absolutely do it at home. Okay. You know, if they, I know a lot of people that do start with a home-based practice just because, you know, they feel a little bit intimidated to go to a studio. But, you know, like anything, there's advantages to both. The nice thing to going to a studio is that you've got a teacher to watch over for, over you and, and really give you adjustments and corrections and tell you what you are and aren't doing correct. And if you do go to a studio and you're brand new, be sure to introduce yourself to your teacher and say, hey, this is my first class or I'm fairly new and I'd love some guidance and some direction. Now, finding and reading the right book can be life changing. So if you could recommend one book that changed your life, what would it be? That's an easy one. The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success by Deepak Chopra. And I love this book because he really breaks down and, you know, obviously has seven different laws. But he advises you to apply one, one of the laws to each day of the week. Wow. And why this is so powerful is that this book, and not just reading it once, because I think we do this. We, we read a book, and then it goes back on the shelf, and then we go on to another one, another one. But this book really helped me to change my mindset and reprogram my thinking. So for specifically specific example, um, when unexpected things happen, there's a specific passage that says, you know, everything happens for a reason. You know, don't mess with this present moment because this moment is a collection of the whole universe orchestrating to bring this moment to you. So I love that book because it really, really helped me to reprogram any limiting beliefs that I had. Mm -hmm. There you go, listeners. Don't read a book just once. Keep going back to the book to refer to it, to understand a particular chapter better. Because at the end of the day, if you do that, then you'll have self-help and not shelf-help. <laughs> nice, AJ. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners, you can find links to all the resources that we discuss about in the show notes. So Julie, I have really enjoyed chatting with you today. Before you go, tell us one thing that you're really grateful for today. Tell us the best way we can find you and then we'll say goodbye. Mm. I want to say this present moment, I am grateful for this opportunity to be chatting for you and for this conversation because it's really been uh, a pleasure to get to know you a little bit better. Thank you. Yeah. And as far as um, getting in touch with me, I can be found on my website, which is thecorporateyogi.com. And on that website, we have a special gift for your listeners. Um, so if you go to thecorporateyogi.com slash chakras, I have a very special visualization that I've created for them. And it's a really cool exercise that allows people to use yoga to optimize their creativity. So it gives you an exercise of how to measure whether when you are throughout your day in your optimal creative state. And then the second part of it is a breathing exercise, some pranayama, to do to help to rebalance your energy. Wow, thank you so much for being incredibly kind. I'm sure our listeners would love your wonderful gifts. Mm -hmm. So Julie, thank you for coming on our show today and taking our listeners one step closer to a human revolution. 
You're welcome. It's been my pleasure, AJ. Thank you. You are listening to My 7 Chakras. Go to mysevenchakras.com. Download your free gift, get inspired, and take action. Transform your life today.